Now we focus on verses 18 to 20 as we come toward the end of the book of Philippians. And we're going to focus in this session simply on verse 18. But let me put it in context for you. We back up to the preceding paragraph. And remember, he says, it was kind of you. In other words, you did well. That's the literal translation. You did well to share my trouble, meaning they had sent Epaphroditus to him to supply his needs. You Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I went out from Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me, that's financial in this case, in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. And then in verse 17, there's a little parenthesis to clarify his motive, remember? Not that I seek the gift. I don't want to sound in my praise of your generosity. I don't want to sound that finally somebody's giving me what I want, money. But rather, what I really seek is the fruit that increases to your account in heaven. We talked about that. Then, in the next verse, which is what we're going to look at now, he returns to his high praise of them. It gets even higher. I have received full payment. Literally, I have received all things or everything. In other words, everything I need. Just like he's going to say later, uh, God will supply every need. God will supply every need you have. So that's what's happened to me. I have a full payment from you in Epaphroditus' gift that you sent and more. I'm just abounding. So he's praising them again, and it gets even better. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, and here they are, bumping it up beyond imagination, a fragrant offering. That phrase is used one other place in the New Testament, right here, Ephesians 5, 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So the very same phrase that is used to describe Christ's dying love for us, Paul is willing to use for their offering to him. The gifts that you sent from Epaphroditus are a fragrant offering, analogous to, like Christ giving himself up to the Father as a fragrant offering. And then he adds a sacrifice, the analogy of of an Old Testament a sacrifice that was given to God according to his stipulations as a sign of our love to him and our faith in him and thus pleasing to him, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Now, that's what I want to linger on for a moment because I'm concerned, I don't know if this is your experience, but I'm concerned that there are people who are misdirected in their zeal for justification by faith alone, who say human beings, since we're all infected with sin, cannot please God. Nothing can be pleasing to God. Nothing can be acceptable to God except Jesus. 
So all talk of our pleasing God by our behavior, like sending gifts to the Apostle Paul as pleasing God, are misdirected, misconceived, because only Christ can please God, and we must trust Christ, and our pleasing God is only in Christ's pleasing God. That's just not true. That's not true. This gift was pleasing to God. Of course they had to be in Christ. Of course their sins had to be forgiven. Of course they had to be justified by faith. It is tr- Romans 4, 4 and 5 is true. Now to the one who, who works, his wages are not counted as a gift. If you try to work your way into God's favor, it won't be counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteous. That's true. We are justified as ungodly. Our works, our gifts to other Christians, like the Philippians to Paul, are not the foundation of our justification. We must be justified by faith. And God looks upon us in our ungodliness as our faith unites us to Christ and he counts us righteous for Christ's sake. That's true. But this is also true, namely that their gifts to Paul were acceptable to God and pleasing to God. Sometimes people refer to Isaiah 64, 4 through 6, where it says, that we have all become like one who's unclean and all our righteousness, righteous deeds are like polluted garment, filthy rags. So Christians can offer nothing to God but what stinks. He's never pleased by anything we do. All our righteous deeds stink in the presence of God. That's not what this text means. Lead it. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No one has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Waiting for God is a good thing. It is pleasing to God. You'll see it. You meet him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness. So there is a joyful way, a faith way to work righteousness that causes God to come to you and meet you with being pleased. Those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our, in our sins we have been a long time. And shall we be saved We have all become like one who's unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. This is where Israel has sunk to. And what that means is all their outward efforts to be righteous are indeed stinking to God. They have become like the Pharisees. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you're full of hypocrisy So this is the problem in Isaiah 6, 64. They have become outwardly righteous. That is, they're going through the motions to do all the right things, and they stink because they're full of hypocrisy. But that's not what's going on here. They have sent Paul gifts out of faith 
and they are a fragrant offering and acceptable and pleasing to God. Now, let me just underline this because this is so important that we believe we can please God through faith in Christ as we do good works in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just look at a few things. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Paul's whole life was making it his aim to please the Lord. Ephesians 5.10, prove what is pleasing to the Lord. He tells all of us Christians, prove it. That is, find out what is pleasing to God and do it. Colossians 1.10, he's praying that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in everything. This pleases the Lord. Don't tell your children they can't please the Lord. If they trust Jesus, rely upon the Holy Spirit and do what's right. 1 Thessalonians 2.4, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God. That's what our whole aim in the ministry is is we aim to please God. 2 Timothy 2.4, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please, please the one who enlisted him. Or outside Paul, Hebrews 13, do not neglect to do good and to share. This is what the Philippians did, what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Manifestly they were in Ephesians 4.18. Or 1 Peter 2.5, like living stones, you are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, here's the closing question. How do our deeds, since we are not perfect by any means, and no doubt all of our deeds have mixed motives, how do they become pleasing to God? And there are two steps in the answer. Here's one of them. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. But with faith, even the imperfect works of faith can please God because God's blood in Christ cancels out the imperfections and what is left of our spirit-inspired deeds by faith please God. Last step. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. That doesn't mean deserving. That means fit and suitable of his glorious calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. So you have a resolve. I want to do good today. I want to treat my wife well today. I want to love my kids today. I want to do honest work today. I want to do good for other people. That's my resolve. And so Paul's praying for you here, or he's praying for them, and we pray for you, <laughs> that God would fulfill these resolves for good, and they would become a work of faith, that is, he fulfills it because by faith you rely upon God to help you do this good that you long to do in Christ. And they become every work of faith by his power. 
That's why they're pleasing to God. They're fruit of the Holy Spirit, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace. That's where they come from. This power comes from grace. That power takes the the work of God and fulfills this resolve, which becomes a work of faith, the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I go back here, and I hope that you can see that when Paul says here, In verse 18, I have received full payment. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, this generous, sacrificial, by faith in the Holy Spirit gift that you sent. It is a fragrant offering. It smells good to God, like the death of Jesus smelled good to God. It is a sacrifice like It's poured out on the Old Testament altar according to God's stipulations from faith, and it is now acceptable and pleasing to God. Oh, saint, yes, you are imperfect. Yes, you must be justified on the basis of Christ's righteousness alone. But don't ever think that in your justified state, inhabited by the Holy Spirit, following the word of God, trusting in his grace, you can't please God. You can. You must live to please the Lord. It's a sweet thing that God enables us to do this.